0: What is up guys? Welcome to another episode of Talk Flagler Weekly News Update. I'm your host Chris Gollan, chief cultural and political writer for askflagler.com. We have a great show for you guys this week. As always, we break down the uh news of the week by uh, weather forecast, government and business, culture, and uh, crime. And then after that, we have an interview with Anna Maria Long from the Flagler Homebuilders Association. So let's jump right into it with the weather. Uh, this weekend, we are going to see things finally start to cool off a little bit. Uh, highs are in the mid-80s, and we are seeing the lows start to break into the high 60s at night. Uh, for some of this week, it's going to be uh, sunny up until the weekend where you will see some some partly some partly some clouds moving in. But uh, generally, it will be a sunny week with a low chance of rain. In the government and business portion of the news, uh, first off, a COVID-19 update for Flagler County. Case numbers are still high. Uh, we are still very much in a pandemic But they are decreasing, uh, so that is uh, certainly a sign for optimism that we might be over the hump with the Delta variant in general. Hopefully, uh, as vaccine numbers begin to or sorry continue to sort of increase gradually, we might start to see uh, Delta run its course and uh, make another another attempt at getting back to uh, a post-COVID world. Uh, public school infections are accounting for a lot of Flagler's caseload, a lot more than they did in 2020. It's more of an issue now and uh, a little bit more on that later. And a Pfizer vaccine may be available for kids age 5 through 11 in the coming months. So uh, previously, there aren't have not been any COVID vaccines that are approved for children under the age of 12. That may soon be about to change. Furthermore, the Palm Coast City Council uh, voted on whether or not to uh, alter a city's commercial vehicle policy. Now, what that currently says is you cannot have a commercial vehicle with certain restrictions, with the rack, with the logo. Uh, it cannot be openly parked in residential driveways for most of the day with a little window in lunchtime where you can. Um, by that, it means you can. it can be in the driveway, but you have to cover it with a tarp or something. And if you can't do that, it has to be parked somewhere else. Um, it's long been a hotbed issue in Palm Coast. It has been you know, something a lot of people have wanted to see change, something a lot of people have wanted to see remain the same. But um, how that ended up shaking out is uh, they did a vote on whether or not to change it. This vote was not to consider any specific change just to say, yes or no, are we going to do something to this? That vote failed three to two. The uh, majority vote was represented by Mayor David Alvin and Councilman Nick Klufus and Vice Mayor Eddie Branghino. The uh, dissenting two votes were Councilman Ed Danko and Victor Barbosa. There was a a lot of spirited debate in the lead-up to this, certainly an issue where both sides do have merit, but it ended up uh, shaking out to where they are going to leave that the same. It is a done deal. No change to the rule prohibiting that open parking of commercial vehicles. Uh, in other news, the, there was another school board meeting uh, last week, and it went about the same as the first one. Uh, or the, Sorry, the one before it. And uh, this time they did not have to clear the whole chambers, which is certainly progress. But they did have the board clear out for somewhere in the neighborhood of ten minutes early on. There was a lot of out of turn exclamations from the cloud, a lot of uh, violations of rules of decorum. There, you know, emotions were high to say the least. You had a lot of speakers from both sides of the issue over whether or not there should be a mask mandate in Flagler schools. A lot of people came up passionately in favor of a mandate. A lot of people came up passionately against one. And um, two people had to be removed from the room by Flagler Sheriff's deputies. Both of them were speaking against a mask mandate. Um, They were calls to action. Generally, there were some remarks that were perceived as threats by uh, some of the people in attendance. Uh, Of course, there's always plausible deniability, but there was certainly that vibe in the room. The meeting lasted for hours. There were many, many, many public commenters. And of course, the mask mandate was shot down at the last meeting, and it's not something that's imminently going to be reconsidered. Uh, this is something that uh, Cheryl Massaro touched on a lot in her closing remarks, school board member Cheryl Massaro, that it's not something really that is about to change in the near future, even as the legalities of it go back and forth in court. Um, We can generally expect Flagler County will not have a mask mandate in the near future, for better or worse. In the culture section of the news, we just got one good one for you today. A new episode of Lauren Tries, in which friend of AskFlagler.com, Lauren McPherson, goes to local restaurants. And uh, yeah, she goes in there, gives them a try, and reports back to you guys, our readers. On this episode, Lauren visits Dahlia Mexican Kitchen in Flagler beach. So if you have never been there before, check out this video, which is on our website and uh, yeah, see what Lauren thought and then go there yourself and see what you think. In the crime and sheriff portion of the news, uh, we had a couple very interesting arrest stories this past week. One of them was a routine traffic stop in which the driver fled Flagler sheriff's deputies. Um, They had uh, conducted a stop for going almost 20 over the posted speed limit routine speeding stop and then um, deputies when they were questioning the uh, gentleman in the vehicle they said they had uh, observed a marijuana smell and what appeared to be drug paraphernalia. Uh, the gentleman did not have the documentation required on a traffic stop he said it was quote his girl's car um, and so as they were doing the stop a deputy stepped away for just a moment and as they did so the gentleman peeled out. He was stopped around the intersection of Moody Boulevard and US-1 in Banel. They did ultimately discover a firearm and some marijuana in the car. The gentleman is being held at the Sheriff Perry Hall inmate Detention Facility, bond at $5,500 on charges of possession of marijuana, 20 grams or less, possession of drug paraphernalia equipment, resisting an officer without violence, reckless driving, and fleeing and eluding a police officer. The other story in our crime section today, two youths were arrested uh, in Indian Trail Sports Complex after being found with marijuana and a stolen firearm. Uh, This is just right across from the B section where this happened. A 19-year-old and a 17-year-old were hanging out in their car in the Indian Trail Sports Complex. Deputies had received a call about there being fireworks shot off in there. So that was their initial reason for responding. In doing so, they, uh, they spoke to the individuals and ended up, uh, because of the smell of, uh, marijuana from the car, they did, uh, go ahead and cite, uh, reasonable suspicion to search the car. And they, um, they ended up finding two firearms in the car, one of which was stolen, which is certainly a serious charge, a stolen firearm in the car. And there was marijuana, there was drug paraphernalia. Uh, the two are, um... The two were taken under arrest. Uh, The 19-year-old was uh, charged with possession of marijuana under 20 grams and possession of drug paraphernalia. The uh, 17-year-old was uh, charged with two counts of unlawful possession of a firearm under age 18 possession of marijuana under 20 grams, and possession of drug paraphernalia. The 19-year-old was transferred to the Sheriff Perry Hall Inmate Detention Facility, and the 17-year-old, who was a minor, was processed at the jail but transferred to the custody of the Department of Juvenile Justice. And with that all being said, coming up next is my interview with Anna Maria Long of the Flagler Home Builders Association. Anna Maria, thank you so much for coming on.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: All right. So first question, we'll get right into it. What is the Flagler Home Builders Association and what does the organization do in the community?
1: So the Flagler Home Builders Association represents uh, any business that is in the building industry. And that ranges so far. Sometimes it's easy to just think builders or developers, but we include painters, title companies, realtors, Um, lawn care, almost anything you can think of that has to do with a house pest control. And we, in our association, we do several things Um, just to give a basic rundown. Obviously, we provide networking resources for our members. When you're a member of the Flagler HBA, it's a three-in-one membership. So not only are you a member here locally, you become a member at the state level and with the National Association of Home Builders. With that comes support and resources from all three levels as well. Um, so we do provide networking. We encourage members to do business with members. So if you're if you have a business and you're trying to grow it or connect with new people, it's a great place to do that. Um, for the residents of Flagler County or incoming residents of Flagler County, we provide the resource of who can you use? If you need a trusted professional? FlaglerHBA.com, click on our professionals. It goes by category You can go on there and you can notice the person who's invested in our community and licensed and insured. And you can, you know, feel confident in your decisions um, in the community. We, we have lots of events and things like that. Uh, and we do give back several times throughout the year. One thing that we do is the charity bowling tournament. Uh, we've moved it to Christmas so that we can include the ugly Christmas sweater part that everybody <laughs> loves And uh, we give proceeds to Emmanuel's Closet, Samaritan Ministries, Christmas Come True, um, and Habitat for Humanity uh, here locally. So we like to keep our money local. Um, This next Saturday, October 2nd, we have our iFish Flagler Tournament is our 8th annual inshore tournament. Um, For that, last year and continuing this year, and hopefully from now on, they'll be partnering with the Advent Health Foundation Pink Army, Portion of proceeds will go to them. Um, They're going to put some really cool stuff in the goodie bags. And what what the Advent Health Foundation does is they uh, provide testing and treatment for local women who Mm -hmm. are diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, And obviously, keep saying local, local, local. It's very Mm -hmm. important to us that we keep things in our community and bring new things to our community. Um, we have the Parade of Homes that helps people either look for a house or builder if they're going to build a new home. But it's also super fun to go to and get ideas for decorating and remodeling um, or just have a good time, you know, walking around these gorgeous houses.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah, oh, we also do backpacks at back to school time um, and then... So we we do 100 backpacks. and We provide those to Emanuel's Closet. They already have pre-identified families that shop with them regularly. So we know those students are in need. And that way they don't have to go wait at a backpack rally. They can go pick up their backpack and be ready to go to school. Um, Then the last two years, with additional money that was given by our members, we were able to reach several classrooms um, with the, the teacher wish lists. Uh, based on the Flagler County Stocker Schools that's on Facebook Um, so we we wanted to give something to the teachers too because they've been through it's a hard job as it is but they've really Mm -hmm. been through it the last couple years so being able to put something in their classroom that the kids will use every day and it'll help the teachers that's been really awesome
0: nice I'm I'm glad you especially brought up that the fishing tournament because I was I was wondering about that because I've always been. Uh, an avid fisherman pretty much since I was a kid living here in Flagler County. So uh, what's going to be going on with that?
1: So it is an inshore tournament. Uh, We have a captain's meeting on October 1st, Friday between five and 7 PM. That's where you'd come to pre-register. If, if you could pre-register earlier on iFishFlagler.com makes it a little easier. makes your time there a little quicker. We're going to be at Bing's Landing on Friday night. We'll be in the smaller pavilion behind captain's. And on Saturday at the weigh-in party, we'll be in the larger pavilion. Uh, checkouts between 6 and 7 a.m. You can check out from High Bridge, State Road 100, or Wings Landing. We'll have staff at each location. You just need to have your wells and coolers open. We'll flashlight in and make sure you didn't bring the winning fish with you. Mm-hmm. And you'll be off for the day to come back at 3 o'clock for your weigh-in. Uh, we're doing uh, reds, trouts, and... Uh, reds, trouts, flounder, and red with the most spots. Okay. So there are five thousand dollars in pay- cash payouts that day. Um, if you know, biggest fish and biggest size within the Florida Wildlife Code, uh, you know there are restrictions mm-hmm. of what you can catch and keep. Uh, you know you could take home some money that day. Mm.
0: Sounds exciting! I'm going to try and make it's it. It's so
1: much fun. It's our eighth one and um. We, we really try to use this event as an opportunity to have our members and our community come together on something completely unrelated. Fishing. It's just fun. Yeah, gives absolutely. you a chance to you know meet people and hang out and make new friends and mm-hmm. be no outdoors. pressure. Be outdoors. Yes, mm-hmm. this is the most COVID-friendly event you could have.
0: Absolutely. Because you're
1: on your own boat. You're outside. You're mm-hmm. totally fine. I
0: don't think we've had any... Fish
1: COVID cases. I have not. Yet. I have not heard of any. But never say never. But every day is a new day. Really.
0: <laughs> yeah. The uh, the redfish variant.
1: But <laughs> please no. <laughs> yeah,
0: hopefully not. That would, that would hit Flagler County especially. It would. Yeah. So um, you talked about having some of the local businesses and stuff, anything involved with mm-hmm. houses being members of the HBA. How does someone? have their business, or just themselves be a member? How do they go about that? And what are the perks of
1: doing so? Yeah, so um, we make becoming a member pretty easy. Just fill out an application. Mm -hmm. It's on FlaglerHBA.com. We can also email you one. You can reach us at FlaglerHBA at gmail.com. So the the easy perks are locally, networking, um, being able to work with uh, the local builders or if you're a builder working with the local subcontractors right now, skilled labor is incredibly difficult to find. So if you, if you are running a company that's skilled labor, skilled trade, we got people waiting for you. A hundred percent. There's builders just hoping you'll come along and say, Hey, I do drywall mm-hmm. and I do it well. And, uh, and when, when you say, you know, and I'm an HBA member too, you've got your foot in the door. Uh, so, the that's uh, locally like your your social aspect, right? But what we do in the background a lot is a lot of advocacy. Um, we we work to keep the cost of housing down, and that's especially important now with the cost of housing rising due to supply issues and uh, lumber costs just skyrocketing. So that makes it even more important that we keep. Are uh, your impact fees and your um, permitting fees to be reasonable, and and we we of course need to cover the impact that we create for the county and for the cities, um, but we we do strive for housing affordability. Um, and then on the state and national level, obviously we advocate different things. On the state level, we do advocacy for when the uh, house is in session and different bills that are on the table, and same with national at their levels. Mm-hmm.
0: So recently, uh, the HBA had a presence, I believe you were there, if I'm not mistaken, at the county commission meeting, where they were hearing from the school district mm-hmm. to uh, consider uh, a jump in the the school's impact fees. Yeah. So explain where does the Home Builders Association stand on the issue? And what do you think would be a good way, a good resolution to that issue?
1: So let's first state what our impact fees. what can they be used for? That's where we have to start. Impact fees are collected, um, various things um, within the county and the cities, uh, fire, EMS, public buildings, transportation, and schools. So impact fees can only be used for new capacity. So they can build in the school sense, they can build a new school with it. They can expand a school. They have to create new student stations. Uh, they're already collecting impact fees already, so it's not like we're going from zero, mm-hmm. um, and and they have cash on hand, so we're not in a dire situation. Um, there's there's been two studies ordered by the school board recently. One of them was from Davis Demographics, and it predicted a two percent increase in the student growth over the next ten years which is actually reasonable when you look at previous growth. We've been pretty flat. Mm-hmm. It's, only, it's gone up less than a thousand students in 11 years. Okay, um, And that's, that's consideration that that kids go out of the school system, whether that's for moving or graduating and mm-hmm. kids come into the school system. And then uh, another study was done by Teichler Weiss and they predicted a 20% increase I believe it was over 10 mm-hmm. years. So it's a really different numbers mm-hmm. and it's their methodology. Um, previously we've always used a combined methodology of birth rate and new construction. Well, that's important because new students are, don't only come from new construction mm-hmm. and I use myself as an example right now. Um, so I, 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 Bought a house that was already existing. Um, I have a six-year-old who's in Flagler schools, and I'm pregnant with twins. Mm-hmm. If you don't calculate birth rate, none of those kids count in your calculations. Mm-hmm. So your numbers are skewed. There's three kids. I'm not the only one, right? Yeah. It's a lot of people, and that's renters. It's a whole bunch of people that are not covered. So birth rate's important. Um, the, the new Teichler-Buy study only does new construction. Well, over the past several years, our average age has gone in Flagler County has gone from forty mid forties to fifty three years old. Mm-hmm. There's not as many students coming in, um, in general. That's not really a change. That's been a constant, as we can see from the the flat growth um, of student enrollment and the It's just not uncommon. It's expected. So to say that we're going to have a ton of more students because there are more houses, not necessarily accurate. Not necessarily something to jump after. Now, let's put that a little bit to the side. And let's talk about a little bit on impact fees themselves. So in the Florida Legislature this past year, there was an impact fee law passed. The purpose of the law is specifically to limit overreach, to limit these gigantic increases. Um, every thousand dollars added to the cost of a house prices several hundred people out of home ownership.
0: And just by the way, just as an aside uh, for everyone listening, who pays the impact
1: fees? Impact fees are paid by people who are purchasing new homes.
0: Mm-hmm. So they new shoulder it in the cost. Sorry, they shoulder it in the cost of purchase. absolutely. So okay. th-
1: while the builder's handing over the money, the money belongs to a resident of Flagler County.
0: Okay, and okay. continue.
1: Okay, um, so the so that that law is created. It's the new impact fee law. They don't want you. They don't want governments to do these skyrocketing costs. It creates a problem with housing affordability, and it's. We can argue whether it's right or not, on, on, you know, until we're blue in the face. But the purpose is so that we have growth over time, so that there's not these big numbers being slapped on. So the law says you can increase your impact fees at 25% more, 50% more. If you need to go over 50%, though, you have to prove extraordinary circumstance. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the same law does not define extraordinary circumstance. Mm -hmm. However, the agreed upon definition legally, generally speaking is a circumstance, something happening that could not be foreseen or planned for Mm -hmm. growth is foreseen and planned for. Mm -hmm. It always has been have there now this
0: being a new law, relatively Mm -hmm. speaking, have there been a lot of um, cases in the state of Florida to set precedent where they have demonstrated extraordinary circumstances
1: none have set that precedent yet there are several in court um that are are battling it out because there's not something set mm-hmm. um and so yeah there will be a precedent set at some point mm-hmm. how soon I don't know it, yeah. it's anytime it goes to court it's just like man, that money could have been used for something else like students, yeah. you know, you don't want it to come to that. So and you asked, um, what's the solution? I think the solution um, is going to involve a lot of conversation between the builders association and the school district. Um, we've, we've tried to meet, we tried to meet way ahead of this. Um, we asked for a meeting with the superintendent and unfortunately we were told yes. And then after six weeks, we were told no. Mm-hmm. And then there were workshops. And um, one of my members was invited to go to it as a developer. And the association itself was not. Mm-hmm. Of course, I went to it anyway because I heard it was going on. And it's important to right. be there. And it's my job to to represent the builders here mm-hmm. and the developers and everybody else. Because that those dollars just trickle down to the next person. Mm-hmm. So where we're really concerned about the methodology behind the number and, and the number being the number of student stations that they need to increase to. And then that base number has to be accurate. Otherwise everything else is wrong. You can't do, you can't start a math problem with the wrong number mm-hmm. and have a right answer, you know, 10 steps down the road. Right. Um, I'm not a mathematician, but you know, basic general knowledge there. Sure. So I think that if, I think very importantly and, – and, you know, Superintendent Middlestad actually was recently interviewed and and said exactly our sentiment, which is maybe we need to pump the brakes a bit. This is obviously not word for word, but pump the brakes a little bit and let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's really where we're at because if we go back to 2004, which is the last time they increased impact fees, which was way too <laughs> long ago. It should have never gone on that long, mm-hmm. okay? Um, impact fees are absolutely necessary. We support them. The Home Builders Association supports impact fees. Super clear. Mm -hmm. We want them to be accurate and fair. Uh, We want them to provide the necessary capacity without placing undue burden. So back in 2004, we were told that they needed 11 new schools Mm -hmm. because of the growth right we only built two schools and an addition mm-hmm. if we had jumped in uh, we as a community if we had jumped in how many empty buildings would taxpayers be paying to keep lights on water on general maintenance on mm-hmm. and that's it's we are we're community partners we do not want to place an undue burden on taxpayers mm-hmm. that's everybody Right. We want the best schools. Otherwise, I mean, we're builders, we want people to move here, right? So they can build them houses. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna move here if we don't have good schools. Right. It's super important to us. We all live in this community. We have kids that, that are in the schools in this community. So we're equally invested. We just wanna see it done right.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: that in the end, you know, all our neighbors are not getting the short end of the stick of having to pay. Increase taxes yeah. and, and it's for buildings that are just sitting. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think expansions would be great. Uh, so the school board or the school district. My apologies. School owns approximately $11 million in land right now in Flagler County that they say can't be used. And that's based on like size and location and things like that. So totally understand if it's not big enough to put a school on. Yeah. But that's something they could sell off and and use that money to, to put in to either an expansion on a school that already has existing infrastructure, or if, if they deem another new school necessary, then there's your $11 million plus the 23 million you have on your impact fee collections right now. You're getting close to the, to being able to buy it Mm -hmm. cash.
0: (laughs) Right. So in, in this law, I think I, I forget what the number is offhand, but there's isn't there also a limit to how frequently yeah, yeah. even I mean, an under fifty yes, percent increase yes. can be made.
1: Right. So it's every four years is mm-hmm. the is when you can look at it. Um, and I and I understand from the school board's perspective that they may be worried that four years is too long. But The other part of the law says that you, so if you do a 25% or less increase, you have to break it up into increments of uh, two increments Mm -hmm. over that time period. And a 50% increase has to be done over four different in four different increments. Um, So that's really helpful to the community, to the residents who are paying that. And it's still putting a higher dollar amount into the impact fees um, for, you know, whatever impact fee it is because it applies to everything. So it's, it's trying to provide the funds that are needed without placing undue burden on the citizens.
0: Mm-hmm. So the big, I guess, the, the controversial aspect of what this, um, the school district wants is whether or not an increase in impact fees would be over that 50%, whether they can prove it's it's warranted. Yeah. But is is an increase under 50% perhaps warranted, if not over 50%? It's
1: hard to say without... Numbers that are agreeable. However, do they need an increase? Yeah, probably.
0: Yeah, with it having been that long since
1: 2004, I mean, just the cost of student stations alone, just that particular cost has gone up.
0: Right, because that's something you know I heard a lot from wherever people stood on right. over 50% as people saying, yeah, maybe we probably should increase it to some degree.
1: Yes. To some degree. The, the problem when you, when, if they're going to claim the extraordinary circumstance, which the commission really has to do that. The commissioners right. have to say, yes, this is extraordinary. I don't know that you can really say it's extraordinary. What happened was over 17 years, no action was taken. Mm-hmm. Now part of that is the study showed there was not any significant uh, growth in students. Right. And the Davis Demographic study said it again, mm-hmm. but the title Bay study that does not take into account birth rate. Only new construction has a much higher number, mm-hmm. which yeah, that, that would put fear in people. Right. Is it right though?
0: We'll not see. convinced, mm-hmm. not
1: convinced, unfortunately. And, uh, I'd like to. I'd like to be confident,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and so so we can support. So after that workshop about the school impact fees was the Flagler County impact fees mm-hmm. directly following mm-hmm. it, and um, there was some chatter saying, "Well, huh, the home builders just blindly accepted all the other impact fees." Mm-hmm. We didn't, though. See, they had a study done by Tyndall Oliver, and they presented the numbers that they gave. One, I don't remember which one, but one of the impact fees was said it needed to go up 382%.
0: Hmm. What? <laughs> that is a jump.
1: Yeah, so there's like three impact fees, and I think and there's like four brand new ones that haven't been charged, and some were under moratorium. So, so to some, it might have been surprising that when we're at the meeting, we're supportive. A lot had happened before that meeting.
0: Mm-hmm. They
1: the, the county staff did a lot of work to say, okay, here's what this study says, but here's what our plans actually have. or mm-hmm. right, Here's our capital improvements plan. Here's our transportation plan. And so they will not be taking any increase higher than 50% on any of the impact fees. Mm-hmm. So they went from t- to never at 100, 382%. Mm-hmm. And they said, no, 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 we do not have an extraordinary circumstance. Mm -hmm. So we'll go to no higher than 50%. And even that's not guaranteed yet. And then um, call it blind support if you wish, but fire EMS and law enforcement. I pulled my board very easily. And I said, if you're in an emergency, do you want someone to help you to come very quickly? And everyone said, yes, of course. And I said, great. Mm -hmm. So we're going to accept (laughs) these, these impact fees as necessary, because I think everyone in this County deserves when you're in your worst moment, you need those people there. Absolutely. Right. So that's that's just simply not up for debate as far as we're concerned. But, mm-hmm. you know, we're looking over transportation plans and some and their capital improvements and just doing our due diligence. But the fact of the matter is, is they've already gone down from 382%. Another one was like 150% brought it to we are not going higher than 50. So, yeah, we can support that.
0: Yeah. So I, they had there was going to be a second hearing on this to finally I think decide yeah. and that got delayed for some reason. It did did. they set a
1: new date on that? Um, I don't think it's been officially done. There's not the notice has not been put out by the board of county commissioners. Um, mm-hmm. The superintendent did ask for more time, um, and I want to say it was like another three or four weeks out from from that first date, which was a week ago, about a week ago. Um, Just about. Yeah. Yeah, So about, I would say like mid-October, okay. um, but the county commissioners, you actually have to approve the the exact date. So mm-hmm. once that comes out, they'll, the county will put out their public notice um, as they must legally. When you're claiming extraordinary circumstances, you're required to have two public hearings.
0: Right. And so that's something anyone who has an opinion on the issue, yeah, they want to make their voice heard. Keep an eye on that mid-October. They'll right. have everyone has the chance to come up and yes. speak for three minutes to the commissioners, yes. give their you way know, in either mm-hmm. way.
1: Exactly, yeah. And so, just remember, you know, if you if you're building a house here in Palm Coast, mm-hmm. this is your money. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna build a house in Palm Coast in the next five years, ten years, I don't know what your <laughs> plans are. Average person moves every seven years. If you're gonna be building a house, this is your money. Mm-hmm. We want good schools. We will provide what's needed for good schools. Let's just make sure we're doing it right.
0: And and plus, just being involved in the uh, in the process of local government is just really, really good. It is. As, but most of the time, as the recent school board meetings would show, most of the time it's great for the process. It
1: is. It it teaches. Uh, it teaches a lot, and mm-hmm. it's important to be to be involved. And it's also important to be educated before you go in. Mm-hmm. to the meeting and doing things like listening to this podcast and reading in the newspaper and talking to elected officials will certainly help you. And it, you can also listen online to, to mm-hmm. the, any public, any of the meetings yep, they uh, them. from the sunshine law. So I, I know me coming into this position as executive officer, I did nothing political. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> that's I, a lot. I, I don't think I'll have anything nice to say, so I'll just stay back. But um, I actually like made it my private goal to be able to go and do what I do now. I mean, you've seen me at meetings, and I'm not like the best at anything, but I'm fully, I fully understand what's happening. I know how to research and read the laws, and so that's really important. And so, I really recommend if you're going to come to a public meeting, try to try to hop on, and they're you don't have to watch them live. Even you can watch a lot of them pre- that have been pre-recorded. Yeah. Just go back and watch a city council or a county commission meeting. So you can get an idea of how it goes.
0: Everyone, and, everyone has something they wish their, their city or their County would be better. At.
1: Absolutely. And, and uh, you know, one thing that I, I struggle with is some of the timings of this meetings, of yeah. these meetings. I, I couldn't go to them. If I had a different job, I can go cause it's my job to go. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately the majority of the community can't and those are some very important voices so always know that you can write in You can mm-hmm. write in ahead of a meeting um i think it needs to be usually 24 hours more than 24 hours in advance but you Something can write like your your opinion your thoughts in and the, the commissioners or council members will be given that so if you can't make the meeting time because you know you have a nine to five mm-hmm. please let your voice be heard using words yeah absolutely writing
0: so shifting gears a little bit, they, yes. um, the yeah, the uh, the property values in uh, especially in Palm Coast have been pretty steadily going up. Now I am not in real estate. I don't. Neither am I. <laughs> I don't. I don't totally understand or claim to understand how all that works. But that seems to be creating a pretty good seller's market. If, yes. if property values are soaring the way they are, um, do you, from your area of expertise, what do you think has been driving that, causing
1: that to happen? So, and this, I feel like I'm bringing everything back to impact piece, but it, we're, we're talking about growth rate in Flagler. I didn't mean to bring it back to No, but it's, it's okay. It's important. So we're talking about the growth rate in Flagler and what it's doing. Mm-hmm. So 2020, with that dumpster fire of a year, <laughs> um, what it did across the nation is it brought people out of high density living to suburbia. Mm-hmm. I think everyone who lives here can agree that
0: you'd beautiful. Rather, you'd rather be in the suburbs in a pandemic.
1: Absolutely.
0: Than a metropolitan right? Area. A
1: stuffed building that everyone's going in the same door and taking the same elevator. Like, Subway. Yeah. That can be kind of scary if you're you know, in the middle of a pandemic, especially when we really didn't have a lot of knowledge on it. Mm-hmm. So people left for essentially quality of life, which we provide a great quality of life here. And then a lot of people who were going to retire in three to five years kind of said, you know what? I don't think I want to put up with this whole thing. I'll just I'm just going to go ahead and retire now. Mm-hmm. So the 2020 and 2021 um, building really shows, I think, a burst that's not going to be constant, um, and that's why the seller's market is so good. The problem is if unless you're leaving to go somewhere. Else, you're not if you don't have anything to move into, mm-hmm. you might be homeless for a while, yeah. maybe like in an Airbnb. Mm-hmm. People who are selling and coming to Florida, they're typically coming from an uh, area where real estate is a higher cost, like California, New York, um, and well, the Northeast in general. So, they're able to come after selling their home, come down here spend the money and have leftovers. Mm -hmm. So it's not really great for if you're already living here and you want to buy a house might not be the best time. And um, builder production time has been slowed significantly. Um, Even though construction was named an essential industry in Florida uh, back in 2020. So we really never stopped working. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're very thankful for that. Other States did not have construction left open as an essential industry. And even if they did so much stuff goes through warehouses and production lines. Mm-hmm. And even if they were open, everything was limited, right? People were not able to, companies were not able to operate at full capacity mm-hmm. and we are still feeling those effects in cost and supplies. I told an HOA recently they wanted to start charging builders whose job were taking too long. I said, you can charge them the $2,000 a week if you feel you need to, but the garage door and the windows are not going to come any faster.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's just the reality of where we're at. You know, a lot of us did a lot of DIY home improvements. When this Mm -hmm. all first started, no one knew how long it was going to last. And, uh, you know, we all ate and drank. It was when we're merry as much as we could. And then we're like, oh gosh, this is like a long-term thing. We should probably stop acting fool and you know get ourselves together so much has changed but if you're if you're you're looking to sell and you have somewhere to go by all means call a florida realtor (laughs) because you're gonna make a great dollar out of it
0: how how lucky is it we didn't get a true like a truly bad hurricane during all that like knocking power out and leaving more construction like i think i can't remember if one might have like kind of combed us but it memory. was like a, 2020 was 10 years ago. It so. Sure
1: feels like it. We've all aged that much, right? Um it's <laughs> yeah. it would have been, been really bad for for bad. so many reasons, and one of them is just staffing and laborers. There, yeah. There's not
0: enough. It, so it, it already took time for stuff to get Correct. done before all that. Yes. But we'll get we'll get to hurricanes later because I do have a question about that. Okay. But um so another lovely Topic of local government interacting with home buying. This is the last one, I promise. Is um, two two of the cities in Flagler County recently set their millage rates Mm -hmm. for the uh, the next fiscal year? One of them tentatively. Uh, Bonell, or sorry, no Palm Coast agreed to four point six one zero zero. They were able to pass that, and it's it's official. Bonell tentatively set theirs to seven point four three zero zero. Now, and that their theirs was an increase in rate and everything. Um Palm Coasts was it was a rate decrease, a modest one, but it would still be in effect a tax increase right. for most people. Um, so with those two rates being set, but now they're still gonna like talk about it a bit yeah. more. Um, how does that how does that kind of play into your field? Do you think those two cities arrived at good decisions?
1: I haven't followed the banella one as closely. The Palm Coast one I followed a little bit more closely. That was almost
0: impossible not to follow. It was, wasn't it? Though it was a process. Uh,
1: yes, it was a process, and it, you know, it, it goes back to before the before Mayor Alfin was in. They they wouldn't mm-hmm. set even the, the maximum millage rate until literally his first day, and then it was due to the state that next day. Yeah, so they had got, to. Yeah, things got like real tight, and mm-hmm. um, I, I can't say for like that I'm for or the associations for or against it. Um, we part of it like you said is the increased taxes comes from property values things mm-hmm. like that. So there's so much playing into it. Um I don't think it makes as big of a difference as the cost of building itself when we're talking about taxes. Mm-hmm. Um just because I, I think the I know I personally we roll our taxes into monthly payments in our, in our mortgage. Mm-hmm. Um but it does it does affect housing affordability. I believe the mayor I was talking with him this morning. I think he said it was like two hundred dollars a year is what on the average. It, it feels um, like there's
0: some people like where there's an increase. Some people say they pay twenty five dollars more, and some people say they paid three hundred dollars
1: more. Yeah, it's, there's it different... yeah, there's a lot of factors. Yeah, there's a lot of factors that to with homestead exemption. Um, if you have if you bought a house, guys, and you didn't get your homestead exemption, go down to the tax collector's office and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, then because that helps with your tax rate. Everyone's is really, like you said, it's really individual. um, So they can just pull an average Mm -hmm. and hope that it doesn't hurt people too badly. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, we do have, we do enjoy a really nice quality of life here in Flagler. Um, I know people sometimes get up in arms about too many rules. Well, a lot of them are what keeps us so pretty Mm -hmm. and have in our parks and, our incredible fires and sheriffs and emergency services. Um, yeah. You've got to weigh out the benefits. Like, is it, I don't know, is it worth it to you to pay three to dollars a year for an improvement in these services? Mm-hmm. Me personally? Sure. I mean, I, anytime I engage in business with anyone, I, you say, yeah, if that's what, this is your profession and this is how much it costs. Okay.
0: Yeah. And they recently, they gave the, the sheriff's office. Palm coast is yes, funding of, 10, 10 new deputies as part of future, their
1: interlocal agreement, right? right?
0: Who will be serving the area of Palm coast. Yes. Palm and, Coast is paying for them.
1: Yeah. And, um, I, and this is my personal opinion. Um, it's not like an HBA stance, but I think our sheriff's office is incredible. I think Sheriff mm-hmm. Staley has, it does an excellent job. Um, you know, there's, I think there's been like one use of force with a firearm in like seven or eight years here. And that was pretty recently and it was caught on body cam and everything.
0: Yeah. I was talking on the last interview with Daniel Anderson. We were talking a little bit about the sheriff's office Mm -hmm. and how even, you know, in in a time where public opinion about policing in general is as divided as it's ever been. The Flagler sheriff's office specifically really has never been the subject of too much ire or too much disagreement exactly
1: and and i i think it's really due to our to the leadership of sheriff staley and and his um other you know higher up folks that lead and
0: yeah they send mark strobridge a lot to the, yes, the meetings to, yeah especially where it concerns budgeting right and how it plays into right. stuff like um, the military i was
1: part of the, the Fla- leadership flagler class which was all online on zoom last year, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but uh, we got to one of the classes was with the sheriff's office and seeing their like cyber crime stuff. And not only is there like barely any use of force, we take down some pretty dangerous folks because of the license plate readers. Mm -hmm. And if you're coming through Flagler County and you you're wanted, like you're probably going to get caught Mm -hmm. and still beautiful job. So You know, it's it's these things that we that are our quality of life.
0: They recently, in a story that I I wrote, they got two stolen cars within hours. One was from Kissimmee and one was from California.
1: I saw that. that. It's because of the license plate readers and um Mm. and of course the work of of the humans doing it. And they have the uh, this their what are they called? It's like their real-time crime center. They have not computers sure. and there's like a few public cameras that they can monitor. Mm-hmm. They're not in residential neighborhoods, but they can monitor certain things. They can help direct um, police where to go. And it's really incredible. And mm-hmm. like you said, it's there's, there's been a lot of divide on policing.
0: Mm-hmm. Luckily ours is not one of but the departments that's making that worse.
1: Exactly. They're, they're really, I think someone to look up to.
0: Absolutely. For other
1: departments around the country hmm.
0: I could not agree more. And um, now and that was like with, with Palm Coast, we kind of got down. That oh, yeah. They, yeah. Because they. Right. So funded their sheriffs.
1: I, where I was, then, Thank you, because I lost my train of thought. I had left okay. the station and I thought if it wants to go on vacation, let it go. But yes, yeah, so I think that is uh, a great choice for the city of Palm Coast to go keep it with Flagler County Sheriff's Office instead mm-hmm. of creating our own police force
0: which which is always kind of talked about yeah especially in election years it's and, kicked know, around a bit
1: if fcso wasn't so great that would probably be a bigger conversation but right. since they are great and they do a fantastic job mm-hmm. well, maybe we could just leave it alone you know why why change what's working mm-hmm. in one sense uh and and that would probably cost us a lot more money as well, too. It would be like big expenditure. Yeah. To create a whole new police force, yeah. Mm-hmm. It it's kind of goes back to the infrastructure. Like, do you want to start from scratch? Yeah. Like with building a school. Do you want to start from scratch and have to find all the amazing administration? You have to find mm-hmm. a whole other set of them to put in a school or yeah. pull from schools and then replace them and, you know, janitorial stuff and maintenance so much or do you want to just add a out a building and yeah branch exactly. off so let's just add some officers and train them mm-hmm. sheriff's deputies and train them the way that things are done here right
0: mm-hmm. so and yeah. so so palm coast like the palm coast was a modest rate decrease but an in effect yeah. increase but is that was an in, it's going to be an increase yeah. no matter how you look at it because they've had nothing short of a nightmare scenario with their city hall. They keep having the roofing and water damage. It's been, it's been pretty bad. And so there's, their rate is tentatively they haven't finalized. It is I say it's up to 7.4, three, zero, zero. How, and of course it's, it's very easy to speculate, but how do you think that might affect the housing market in Bonnell?
1: Well, probably not very well. Um, Mm -hmm. I think I don't know the statistics, but in Bunnell, I I know there's you know go out towards the country and there's land and a lot of people go out there to avoid a lot of the tax, extra taxes and the rules and things like that. They just want land and they just want to do their thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have um, you know like Bunnell proper in the city. It's near the elementary school and things like that. I worry that increasing it too much is going to take an already burdened group of people and make things worse. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we don't want to take away too much money from people just yeah. for living where they already live. And so many people, if like if, if the house has been there for it's been all started, it right so the house has been there for a while. It might be paid off. Maybe the only thing they pay is taxes mm-hmm. and maybe that's all they can afford or budget people on fixed incomes is always a huge concern because where are they going to get the extra money if you're only on your SSI Yeah, and your SSI only goes up the cost of living, um, which is a subjective number across the nation. It's mm-hmm. not the cost of living in banal mm-hmm. you know, it, it gets worrisome. I think people, people who want to live in banal who don't already, they'll, they'll still go out there because they do have the opportunity for land um, for for prefabricated homes, things that you can't have in Palm Coast or um, maybe aren't best to have, like, beachside. So there's always going to be people who can afford it and will do it. Yeah. But I always worry about people who are already there.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So the, the last question, and what I'm kind of excited about, is because oh, it's, <laughs> it's, I don't know, it, it's such a, for me, like a, a nature... And I guess like weather nerd is very interesting is Florida and especially Flagler County. We get hurricanes. We went through it. We had kind of a nice period for about, I don't know, like 10, 12 years or so, where we didn't really get hit too much. Then there was Michael and there was Irma. And Mm -hmm. needless to say, the risk of hurricanes and the damage that they bring is a factor in Definitely. living in Flagler County, if you're moving from somewhere that doesn't ever get right. hit, if you're moving right. from Montana yeah. or something, it's it's a new factor you have mm-hmm. to consider. So um, how how does that sort of play in? How like how does the, the home builders association sure. work with just the the whole industry and all of yeah. that with when it comes to hurricanes?
1: First off, my personal opinion, I'll take a hurricane over a tornado anytime because I got a weatherman <laughs> telling me for days that a hurricane's coming, and if Jim Cantori shows up, I know it's time to get a move on. <laughs> yeah, Tornadoes, I hear they come out of nowhere. And I know we get them uh-huh. around here sometimes, but they're not nearly as devastating as like in Tornado Alley. So mm-hmm. um so we actually have a on our website, we have a hurricane resource page specifically for this reason. Mm-hmm. Um we have uh, the National Association of Home Builders has a disaster specialist he happens to be located um, just up north of us in Jacksonville Beach um, he was at our meeting our monthly meeting back in August um, mm-hmm. to talk about some of you know the resources that are available Gosh. and what to do so uh, our members are provided with uh, uh, help get doing their their plans so if you're in an office your pre-hurricane planning is going to be a little different than on your job site mm-hmm. um, we track the weather for you, for our, our builders and our members. Not me, don't worry. <laughs> the, the specialist and he'll he'll provide. If you're in the vicinity of a storm coming, he's going to provide all your tracking. At that point is when we alert the members. Hey, time to get your your John boys need to get laid down. Need to tie up anything. Uh, lay down your silt fence or whatever the case. Or tie up your silt fence. Whatever the case may be, we have a full checklist. We're like, here, hmm. go do the things. Wouldn't want a fly, um,
0: flying John Boy during our You weekend. definitely,
1: you don't want to, no. It sounds, <laughs> imagine, just looking down just flies by. And there's so many so many things around construction sites that aren't quite nailed down yet. So hmm. that, it's a really big deal. Um, and then for the community, we provide, so we have our, our member list. And we, uh, re, we frequently update it as a PDF document. And right before a storm, we're you know, within that week, we we'll blast out on social media and stuff. Go download it now, print it now, mm-hmm. um, because you may not have internet access. You know, we always prepare for the worst, mm-hmm. and that's where the idea I, I did it started a couple of years back. The idea came that how would you access our resources that mm-hmm. are available to you if
0: you don't, have if you don't
1: already have internet or power? Mm-hmm. So I said. PDF it and make it downloadable and encourage people to print it. So let's, you know, yeah. not make it too lengthy. Um, and then after a storm is when we get to work. Right. Yeah. And uh, we say it again and again and again, hire a license and insured contractor, no matter what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, not every trade requires um, a, a state license general contractor does, your remodelers, I hope plumbing, electrician, yes, HVAC, um, someone laying your flooring, there's no state licensing for that. However, they do need to be insured, and they do need to have their business tax receipt through the county or the city. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the things you want to ask for. You can check out a contractor at myfloridalicense.com. Um, there's nothing I hate more than hearing about people who get uh, what's a nice word, um, bad job done 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 over put over or disappearing contractors. Oh, just know. just dash on them. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. And when a storm comes, right, right, the bad people come scammers. Yes, and they come mm-hmm. and they go door to door, um, and they they are looking to get your money. Do either no job. Or a very shoddy job. And then they disappear. And you know, nobody has money to go throwing away half of the cost of a job to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, some just a tree goes over in your yard. That's nice commonality during a hurricane. Mm-hmm. So somebody comes along and says, hey, I can take that tree down for you. 100 bucks. No, sweet deal. Right here. And they go, oh, they just fell over and broke their back. Mm-hmm. you're liable because he didn't have insurance. Right. So always, always, always my ask your contractors for proof of insurance. It's called a certificate of insurance. They can have, they usually will have one on them. They should, but they mm-hmm. can get it from their insurance company with a simple email and they can have it sent right to you. And
0: as a general reference are all the businesses and contractors on your website. Do they all have that license? Like a sport words like on that.
1: Yeah, everyone has the, the appropriate license or insurance for what they need. Okay. So like I said, if it's a painting, they won't have a state license for painting because it doesn't exist. Right, right. But they'll have their business tax receipt and their insurance. But um we do not I do want to make it clear we are not a regulatory agency. Of course, yeah. So still check, right? Mm-hmm. We I don't wanna misrepresent anything. Of course, we don't we right. don't check, but we also don't accept people who are not doing <laughs> the right thing. So. Right, right. But always do, always check yourself to be 100% certain. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: it's a good starting place.
1: It is, yes. Just to look at it, who, they, who the HBA has. Yeah, because the people who are members of the HBA, the company, is, those are people who you can say are fully invested back in the community mm-hmm. and invested in the industry itself. Mm-hmm. You know, they're putting money mm-hmm. in each year. They're attending events. They're working on in advocacy alongside the staff and they're trying to make things better for everyone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you want someone who's devoted and has their, their heart here, then that's it's a good place to start.
0: There you go. So on a one last note, remind everyone where they can go to check you guys out. Yes. Online. So
1: flaglerhba.com is our website. You can go click on our professionals to get our, professionals and someone that you might need to hire. Um, also on October 2nd is iFish Flagler. That is at iFishFlagler.com. And uh, it's iFish like iPhone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that's going to be at Bing's Landing. Please pre-register. It helps everybody out. Uh, you get an awesome swag bucket. Advent Health is uh, their foundations getting proceeds and they've got some cool swag going in the in the angler buckets Get a nice t-shirt, like long sleeve cooling shirt, um, 75 bucks per angler and $5,000 in cash pants. Captain's meeting for that is Friday evening at Bing's Landing. So if you don't pre-register, come on over to Bing's Landing, five o'clock, register. We'll get you out real quick and you can go next door to Captain's and have some dinner. I was just going to (laughs) say. Yeah. Oh, Oh, there's Captain's at the... uh, at the weigh-in party so nice yeah. there you, you get go. a pulled pork sandwich and sides and tea so it's and that's all included for the next day
0: there you go Anna Maria Long thank you so much
1: for coming thank on the show thank you